going on, everyone? Welcome to the Josh Robinson Show. I am, of course, Josh. You're here on the Josh Robinson Double Zero Network, and you guys have seen all over my Twitter all well, for the last at least few days. Um, I have two very special guests here to have a nice, just a nice chat. I've got Rich and Ashley from Dojo and Dynamite. Guys, we talked for about 20 minutes before we started recording, but how are you guys holding up? We're hanging in there, Josh. Uh, thank you for asking, and thank you for having us once again. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it. We enjoyed doing the panel, I guess the revolution panel, if you want to call it, on uh, Queen's Pod. So this is a lot of fun. Court, yeah. yeah, Queen's Court. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's where we, everybody, for everyone wanting to know, that's the first time we had ever chat. Um, and we just kind of naturally would just like, I was like, yeah, we're going to do something for NXT TakeOver, but... Oh, that's obviously not happening anymore, which sucks because that would have been a fun show. But hey, you got to roll with would've the punches. Yeah, exactly. it would have been a challenge, especially for Ashley. Would've yeah, been a, I would have struggled with that a bit, but it, it would have been fun. But we will make sure at the next takeover, I'm still down to do it. So yes, I'll hold, I'll hold you to that because hopefully by the next takeover, the world will be in a little bit of a different place. We were kind of talking about that. We'll touch on it very briefly, but I hope you guys are doing well in this very crazy time um, and just staying indoors as much as possible. (laughs) Yeah, making sure everybody out there stays healthy. Wash your hands, okay? Mm. Wash your hands. It's important. Mm, Very. Very, very important in this time. But we're going to try and just be have just a nice combo today, just a nice whatever happens. We'll talk about wrestling a little bit and we'll just go from there and see what kind of happens just for everybody to zone out, including us for our own sanity as well. Um, just to kind of just chat. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is that the the thing I love most about you guys is that we clearly are watching two different wrestling products for the most part. Um, with me being a primarily WWE guys and you focusing more on new Japan and, um, AEW and, what I like about the most about you guys is that it does not matter. We can still have a conversation about wrestling and enjoy it just the same as everybody else. Um, because sometimes <laughs> on Twitter, uh, that doesn't happen. But it do- You don't allow it with you guys, and I just really like that about you guys. So um, I guess the first question is, is when you see those people that go around on Twitter and say if I was to post about Raw, and then I would get, slammed or the other way around AEW and and someone from WWE land if you want to call them that um was to come and attack them what is going through your guys' head when you see this kind of just hostility between liking the at the end of the day wrestling oh so it's gang warfare out there it's yeah it's dangerous territory um I'm a Libra. I try to maintain balance in everything that I do so I I just try to stay away from it. Like, I I don't want the negativity. I'm not trying to be overly positive, but, like, we started Dojo and Dynamite because our biggest interests with wrestling are in New Japan and AEW. We don't watch a lot of WWE, and that's why we don't really touch upon it in our podcast. Like, I'm, I'm all about, you know, if you like something, watch it, enjoy it, and comment on it. But, like, if you don't, then... If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything well, well, at all. You don't watch a lot of WWE. I, I watched a lot more WWE when you started to tune out. Well, that, that's true. So I was still following along a lot of the product we watched through. I, I mean, every pay-per-view, if you want to even call them pay-per-views anymore, I mean, they, they really just are network specials yeah, essentially at this point. 
But, you know, every pay-per-view that WWE ran, we would get our friends together. We always did. It's kind of just an excuse, I guess, to hang out. But yeah. a lot of the time, we didn't even find ourselves watching a lot of the program. We just hung out. We talked about fantasy football. We talked about other wrestling things. It was on in the background, going- yeah. Yeah, essentially. Like a social and gathering, for the yeah. first time, AEW gave us that platform where it felt like I was a kid again. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, like, cared a little bit about what was happening. Not cared in the sense of, oh, yeah, who wins or loses. Just kind of cared about, wow, this product is... It reminds me a bit... It's like nostalgia, almost, and all wrestling fans feed on that. Something to look forward to each and week. It doesn't mean that WWE doesn't give a good product. I mean, they, they, they truthfully have the best workers in the world. I mean, they go out, they got the best talent that anybody can possibly find and for some reason they just can't seem to get it right some some things go well some things don't and it doesn't but no one needs to attack everybody all over this thing it's like gang warfare out there like i said yeah it just if you like it that's great if you don't that that's okay too i don't you're entitled to an opinion but sure it's yeah like you said it's like warfare out there you're like killed over yeah, oh, you, you, make, you make one comment, yeah. and even if it's not disrespectful, it's just, I, I don't want to even call it constructive. If it's just, you know, hey, I, I happen to not like the way that the Undertaker's character is going right now. I think it's cool. But, I mean, I'm just saying, I happen to not like the way the Undertaker's character is going. And then all of a sudden, you get 17,000 comments that uh, Yo, you're wrong. Oh, yeah. It, it's, uh, having an opinion on the internet is the, is the uh, it's a blessing and it's a curse at the same time because... Um, anyone can type anything and <laughs> that can be great to interact with people like you guys and all the people that I've interacted with too, but it's also, it can be the worst because then you have people, you know, I could tweet, I don't know, I like the color green and then someone will be like, oh my God, how do you dare you like green, I like the color purple and it's like, it's just a difference of opinion um and that's what makes us different and that what kind of keeps the word going is you know different opinions people being different but there's a difference between you know like us i like wwe you guys aren't really following wwe but you understand the reasons why i watch i understand the reasons why you don't and like we can just all agree at the end of the day anyway we're watching wrestling so whatever we're watching it's just helping all wrestling grow really sure a bit, you guys are kind of following, you know, AEW's been a, whew, it's been all hands on deck. It's been, you know, balls to the wall since it started. We're over a year now since this company first was kind of announced. Um, and we're coming up to the year since Double or Nothing, praying and hoping it doesn't look like it's going to happen, but Double or Nothing too. We, we can have our fingers crossed that we hope it happens, but just with the way the world's going, it may be postponed a little But Hey, got to do what you got to do. But um, you guys were, were you guys at Double or Nothing? You guys have been at all the, some, I, am, am I wrong? Have you guys been at most of the AEW pay-per-views or am I making that up? To every AEW pay-per-view. The, right. the big, the big four, they did the couple network specials yeah. or Bleacher Report specials last summer. But yeah, we yeah. went to, we went to all four. We got a, we, we did a thing where we went to all four shows, went to Double or Nothing. We went to All Out, Full Gear and Revolution and we got the posters for the show we put our little ticket stubs in them and we framed them it's kind of a commemorative way to remember the first four pay-per-views we attended yeah bless that's great i when i went to the super showdown that they had in melbourne a couple years ago i i have a, i have the poster and my ticket framed as well so um 
because it's the only pay-per-view that's been in Australia in my lifetime. So. But you have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You, 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 yeah. Anyone who says you shouldn't, I mean, you have to remember these things. There's, there's got to be a way to, you know, immortalize it, as they call it, right? So yeah. you frame it, you hang it up, and you're proud of it. I mean, yeah. we were pretty proud of having the opportunity to do those things. But that day that we went to Double or Nothing was kind of the day that connected us all to AEW. I, I guess one of the reasons was because we were there. It feels different when you're there, doesn't it? It it does really, it makes you, I don't know, there's something about just being in, especially with something that nobody really, they they had an expectation of AEW, but really no one, it could have been terrible or it could have been great. And that's what people were going in there with, with just this open mind of like, this could be the worst thing ever. It could be the greatest thing ever. You know what I mean? That was the thing. And it was like, not even like this could be the worst thing or the best thing, but it's like this could also just be the only thing that they ever produce. Yep. Um, because I, that was before the TV deal. Yeah, right? it was before. Yeah. I, I don't so, know if they had one secretly, it but it wasn't announced. But it was like, you know, there's kind of like this was they had all in, but like this was literally like double or nothing. Like if this doesn't work, uh, who knows what we're going to see in the future. So it was a very unique experience. And, and you know what? They sold it out. 11,000 people bought tickets. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy I mean, for a startup company. That's crazy. Company that had never had a show before. And we were in there and it was such a visceral feeling of every person there. You could just tell wanted this thing to succeed. There was a feeling of such respect because they put on some matches. And then this is the truth. I, I love Double or Nothing. It's it's arguably my favorite show, my favorite pay-per-view. It's my favorite pay-per-view I've ever been to. And I went to WrestleMania 29. That show, it, it was a fine show for what it was. It also rained on us, so it was cold. It was very cold. Yes, it was day. very cold. But the this show was great. I mean, it was the best show I had ever gone to. But all of the matches that they put on, you know, they had a six-woman a Japanese woman Joshi match, right? And unfortunately, it wasn't the best match that they put on. And the bell rang halfway through, and you remember that? was that? the only, like, like uh, mess Watch? up that yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. You know, the match wasn't the best, but the crowd, they, they stayed completely patient through it. They cheered everybody on because they willed it to a great show. And, and to yeah. be a part of that, where you know watching this and you say to yourself, you know, this wasn't the best thing I ever saw. But for the first time, I went to a wrestling show, and they didn't get shit on. Yeah. And that was It was very respectful. Um, it was a very respectful audience that night. It made you feel different, though. When yeah. you went in there, you said, oh, this is going to be a different company. These are different yeah. people. These yeah, are definitely. different fans. Even watching that at home, that show, um, I felt that energy. Like, I could feel those 11,000 people like I was there. And even me being a very much WWE fan. I don't, it takes a lot for me to get that from a WWE show. Sure. There's shows in between that. I'm like, that was a really great show. or That was a fantastic show, but it doesn't feel like I'm there. The only thing I can describe it to is, is the fun feeling I had with double or nothing is similar to like a Royal rumble. Um, for anyone that just watches WWE, that's how I can, you know, everyone loves the Royal rumble and everyone loves those, those matches. I mean, you can kind of feel the energy. You're kind of like, yes, here we go, here we go. You're counting down. That similar feeling is what I got watching Double or Nothing. Um, and I, I, I felt that. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Um, because, you know, even people that don't watch wrestling at all um, or are like a casual fan, they tune into a Royal Rumble or something like that. And everybody is kind of excited. Everybody understands it. Everybody knows what's going on. 
Because the concept of a Royal Rumble is fairly simple. The concept of double or nothing was fairly simple. Let's just run a wrestling show from start to end. Let's just let things flow. Right. And it yeah. wasn't overcomplicated. I think the problem that even someone who loves WWE as much as I do, the problem I have with them is that it's not that it's a it's a bad product. It's overproduced. And it's it's overcomplicating wrestling when it doesn't need to be complicated. Or sports entertainment, yeah. whatever you want to call it. It's the word sterile. It almost feels sterile. Like you, you know, yeah. you're watching like it, it. AEW is, you know, they're in the crowd, and it kind of feels gritty. It kind of feels slightly dirty, and kind of yeah. like yeah. And the WWE kind of feels like you're in a doctor's office. Like it's very clean, very yeah. sharp, very basic. But it's not basic. It's still WWE. I mean, it's, it's still it's, it's just too. There's too much happening. Just they need to cut things down. Where AEW has the perfect balance of not uh, not too not too in the you know um underproduced where it doesn't really live up to production but also not overproduced where everything is just going at a rapid pace and there's too much to digest because it's 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 overwhelming when there's so much happening you're like where should i be looking why is this happening why are these things on the screen why is this happening why is this promo happening you know when things are thrown at you it's exhausting and aw has the perfect balance of enough but not too much um and that's what i appreciate about AEW. and i've in the last month or so i've come around ever since really revolution to be completely honest with you guys is when i've watched dynamite on a weekly basis which i was not doing i watched the first two or three shows and it just i don't know something wasn't there for me um personally but now i'm kind of coming around to it and i'm slowly there's things there's certainly things i i don't love about it but there's things i really love about it um but in the you know, we'll get back to that soon of, of things we love about wrestling. But um, before it slips my mind, wrestling without fans. It's an interesting experience. Um, you guys have definitely watched Dynamite last week and they did it differently than WWE. I don't know if you've caught any of the Performance Center shows or seen clips of it. Have you? Yeah, I, I watched I've some of the clips. I've seen some of like, the clips on Twitter, yeah. It's different. It's um. How do you feel about wrestling with no fans? I, I'm used to it. To be honest with you, I mean, everybody, I don't know how Australia is, but, and you're not, you know, remember, do not try this at home, okay? But everybody tries this at home, especially in America. So you get a bunch of your friends together, you go outside, and you you, you wrestle each other, oh, right? This is what yeah. My siblings so, felt that. <laughs> of course, of course. So you wrestled with no fans. We all did. Everybody did. So it, it's kind of this thing that you you, I guess, get used to when you're growing up. So a lot of these guys, I'm sure, especially in AEW, are used to wrestling in their backyards with three or four people watching and probably just the other wrestlers who happen to have matches later <laughs> on the show. So the honest opinion is I like the fact that they coordinated and organized it so that you stayed focused on the ring, you watch the entrance way. They use the camera to focus solely on the most important person in the ring. And that's the person telling the story. When you don't have fans, you can't play to the fans. You can't show the audience. You have to tell kind of a narrative the way a film would be. So I liked the way that AEW did it. I thought that WWE at first almost felt like they just pretended to do the same show at first. And then there just happened to be nobody there. That was kind of like that first SmackDown. I, I did watch that, and that kind of was odd. Triple H was fun. Oh, they he was fun. like the saving grace of that show because uh, you know what's really weird is that 
it's taken this for WWE to be a little bit less strict. It seems like they've loosened the chains a little bit with stuff. Like Triple H was saying things that you don't hear on a WWE product very often. You know what I mean? Just like little, just little comments here and there and just kind of being a little bit more free. Um, even Michael Cole and that, you know, a lot of people don't like Michael Cole's commentating, but even he's, he's steering a ship that's kind of, you know, we're all on the Titanic at this point with wrestling and it's kind of sinking. Um, and we're just kind of holding on and trying to keep it afloat. I mean, I, people don't, I like Michael Cole. I Me think he's too. good at his job. Yeah. He's been doing it a long time. And yeah. some people are like, Oh my God. You know, commentary is a big problem in wrestling. Um, to be completely honest. It's, uh, it's the only thing though. I, I mean, I'm not trying to cut you off. It's oh, just, no, no, go on. It's the, I watch so much foot, American football. I watch so much football. And the commentators are considered so valuable and vital to how the game is being conveyed on television. You should be able to close your eyes. And I think this was, was it BJ or was it Josh? It says, if you can close your eyes, you should be able to know what's happening by being told what's going on, right? You should be able to close your eyes yeah, and I visualize. That, yeah. <laughs> you said that. Yeah. <laughs> so you should, you're right. And, you, and you're one. It stuck with me. Think about that. It stuck with me. I remembered that. It stuck with me. And I thought about that when watching, you know, football games, et cetera. And it's they're so valuable. People love Al Michaels. They, you know, they they love these announcing groups. They don't like Joe Buck, but you know, people who in America can relate to that. But they like these individuals. And and you know, Tony Romo just got paid, man. He just got paid to do this job. Yet in wrestling, all we do is shit down their throats. And we hate these commentators. We hate these commentators. And it's they're doing the best that they possibly can. Yeah. It, 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 it would be, I don't, I wouldn't want to do that job because I don't think it'd be very easy um, to do commentating, especially in a WWE landscape when you're probably getting people yelling at you to say this and say this and say this. Um, but, you know, it is, I think it's, a, I've always said that. I've always said that you should be able to close your eyes and kind of listen. And at least when you're closing your eyes, you should be able to imagine what's kind of happening by the sounds of the commentator's voice. And in this instance, when there is no fans, they're essentially your audio. They're kind of what they need to be going a little bit of an extra step to make sure that you're understanding the story being told. And, you know, a lot of people, like we said with Michael Cole, a lot of people don't like his oohs and ahs and oh man, but like that to me in this case kind of works because it's, it is still, regardless of what, it, like what you said and stuff like that, it is still odd to see a move and then it not get a reaction because you're so, we're so wired as wrestling fans to see a, a big move and then, well, you know, crowd goes mental. But in this case, we don't have that. I think it's also the structure, right? WWE's kind of flow, their structure. Yes. They they set up yeah. for the moves. Like New Japan, you wouldn't have to have an audience at all, and you'd be able to tell the story. They wouldn't That's have true. to have that problem. Yeah, that is very true. But, I, I yeah. I've the 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 little New Japan I've watched. Um, I kind of would just watch Wrestle Kingdoms, and if they have like a a bigger show, like. If some of my friends want to get together or my brother or something will be like, hey, we want to watch this. Sure. Um, and that is very true. It's very different. The audience in Japan is so different from an American or, or Western, like uh, even in Australia and, and stuff like that. It's quiet means good from what I understand. Right. Right. Yeah. You're sitting and you're, you're, you're soaking it in. And I, I enjoy it. But you, what you said resonated with me. I don't forget what you said that day, which was you should close your eyes and be able to visualize everything that's happening because that's what they do. And I think Michael Cole does that very, very well. But unfortunately, people just don't like him. I mean, just because he has to feed cheesy lines sometimes, it's not his fault. Yeah, that's he not him. That's that. from higher up. That's coming down the line, right. and he's just the 
don't shoot the messenger, you know what I kind of mean? <laughs> like, uh, hey. And you can kind of see sometimes, though, in AEW, and this is one of the gripes that a lot of people have was Jim Ross. And, you know, they, they kind of let him be free. And Jim Ross is Ashley's favorite of all time, right? That's yeah. that's your favorite. So, unfortunately, when Jim doesn't have a little bit of structure, he can kind of tangent off a little bit and say some things maybe he shouldn't. But otherwise, I like the free-flowing feeling of, of AEW. I, like, I even like the free-flow feeling of what NXT gives you in terms yeah. of commentary. Except Moro just he needs to take that piece of paper when he writes down all these one liners and throw it in it the garbage. It can get a lot. Yeah, it can I get a lot. I can't deal with it. It's like the cheesiest, crappiest line I ever heard. And it's he does such a nice job depicting the story and telling I think it was the women's war games match. And the Dakota Kai attacks Tegan Knox, so now it's only two on four, right? Yeah. So Rhea Ripley's got to come all the way back, and she's going to win this entire war games with Candice LeRae, and then it finishes, and he gives this like line that's like the cheesiest one-liner, and I'm like, you just ruined the story you were telling. Especially in a, in a, a sense of that kind of match, um, that women's war games right. match. It's, it's like a big deal. It's physical. It's violent. We've had a, a friend turn on a friend. They're fighting from underneath. Right. That's what it... I think it... like. To your point, yes, I agree. He says that one, but it works in some instances. Like you can throw it in here or there, but he does it in you know every chance he gets. He's throwing these one-liners, like you know whatever water it may be. Pool. It's just when they miss their move. Yeah, I it, just I, I get I understand it. But Ashley, what about for you in the in the sense of you know commentary? Why we're sticking on it? Um, you know, Rich just mentioned that Jim Ross is your favorite. Do you th- do you understand the I, I don't know what I want to say it's majority, but just the, the vocal minority that are saying Jim Ross is, has lost his edge or lost his kind of sense of commentary. I, I can see it. Um, I, I know he had a little bit of a difficult time with some of the talent's names. It's funny, though. And, and Dr. Speaker <laughs> actually brought that into uh, one of the promos. So, you know, we've talked many times. Anytime you can bring real life into story... Uh, it just works. Right. Works, yeah. And I think AEW has done a, a really nice job kind of just focusing on reality and blending those lines. But I, I can see where the criticisms come from, but I still think he does a really nice job putting the story together. Um, he's done fantastic providing backstory. He's funny. He's the voice that I grew up on. Yes, yeah, same um, here. So it's like, when they signed him, I was so excited. Like, I was at the Raw show in Chicago when they announced he was being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Oh. And that's such a small moment, but that was something I was so happy to be a part of. And so I know Tony Schiavone is, is the voice of many people's childhoods with WCW. And right. you get that nostalgia factor there. But for me, it's with, it's with JR. And even if he... Maybe missing a little bit. I still think he's got it, and it brings me right back home. Wow. I, I enjoy I enjoy him, too. I mean, at, uh, on AEW, like you said, he kind of misses some names. I think it's fun. I, I love the, the shit that comes out of his mouth sometimes. <laughs> but, I, I think, but I think I enjoy it, it also works because he's an older man. He's not yeah. old, but, like, he's an older man, so it's not like he's— He's also playing a heel character. He is. He is. As much as people may not see that, he, he is a bad guy here. I mean, is Excalibur— it? Good guy, I think so. Yeah, I think he's a he. He kind of, 
it, I know you haven't been. He like, is, but he isn't because like he, he'll he hate on MJF. Right, he does. He does hate on MJF, but you know he kind of comes out here and Excalibur gives a little praise, and he kind of you know takes it back and he'll hype a little up bit. the bad boys. He does. He does. Yeah. He's a he's kind of a he's kind of a heel commentator, and it's kind of oh, funny. But I didn't even realize stuff that. He, yeah, the stuff he does, the things that he does really, really well, and this is not to repeat myself, but his ability to take an underdog and make them feel so important. Like with Scorpio Sky. Like Scorpio Sky, and he tells them, you know, when he hits, uh, I, I believe it was like a, an attitude adjustment, an FU, he hits some type of it was a cutter, fireman's right? carry type of maneuver, and he goes to pin him. And after Jericho kicks out, you know, Scorpio's just kind of, oh, my God, he kicked out. And JR's, you know, he's yelling. He goes, you can't allow that to happen. You have to get back on the cover. You have to continue if you want to beat the world champion. You know, and it's kind of that storytelling. It's like, ah, oh, then you start to feel it. You're right. Like, Scorpio, you got to do something here, man. You can't just you can't just sulk because you only got a two count. You got to kind of give me something more. And, and JR gives you that still so much better than, I mean, Moro is really good at that also. Moro and JR can tell you that. Yeah, and they can listen to it, and, and and I, he's really really good at that. So is Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly's very good. Kevin Kelly is also uh, one of my favorites with New Japan. He's unbelievable. He he knows all the little story, but like my voice growing up was Michael Cole. I only watched SmackDown. Right, I watched Raw. So uh, I, I wasn't was a allowed. Guy too, so Jr. I was up on on Monday nights. I wasn't allowed to stay up at nine o'clock because I was a kid. So Monday night raw would come on and I'd have to go to bed at nine. So I ended up watching SmackDown. I was a SmackDown guy basically until I was, I don't know, like a teenager. So wow. Michael Cole and Taz, those are my two guys. JR and King. Yeah. JR and King was everything. I mean, Jerry Lawler. Now I know you guys aren't watching raw on a regular basis, but I'm very much on the team of Jerry Lawler should not be commenting, commentating in um, 2020. He was good. I don't think he is necessarily great anymore um he just says some things that are like oh man you should not be saying that in this day and age um but, then, yeah, but there is a sense of nostalgia the there is a sense of comfort when you hear jerry lawler's voice or jr's voice at least for me growing up in that era i'm like oh there is a sense of like ah jerry lawler no matter what's coming out of his mouth uh, it's just very familiar so it's comforting for sure yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I know that he's kind of slipped the tongue a little bit and kind of yeah, said some is, 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 well, is, uh, Especially yeah. with the women. Like, it was different in the early attitude 2000s. Era. The attitude yeah, era. I, could... I remember he was beloved. I mean, For you know, sure, the attitude yeah. era. Because even it was in different. The 2000s. Yeah, because the women, and especially with women, he was like, oh, you know, puppies and she's beautiful and she's this. It's like... you. It's diff- We're in a very different world in 2020 than we were in 2003. Exactly. Especially even us who can kind of relate to it, we kind of hear him and go, oh, that's just Jerry, you know? Yeah. But it's it's not Jerry to people who've never heard him before. Yeah, that's a good point. My 10-year-old brother who watches wrestling, I don't want him hearing what Jerry Lawler said in 2003. I shouldn't have been listening <laughs> to what Jerry Lawler said in 2003 when right. I was 10, so... <laughs> Yeah. That's what we got, though. That's what we had. Because <laughs> going back and, you know, the beauty of the WWE Network, uh, if you want to sponsor me, go ahead. Um, but uh, if it's like you go back and you listen, you're like, oh, man, how did you get away with saying some of the stuff that you said in that era of wrestling you know, all across the boards, oh. the the sexism, the racism, the every, wrestling is a really weird world. And when you actually dissect it and watch it now, it's like, 
the amount of cringe faces I have is just like, whoa, whoa. Well, and you know, when you go over to WCW, I don't know if you've watched. Oh, we're going to talk about WCW because Queen told me that you're a big Nitro guy, and uh, so is so is your (laughs) boy Josh. So. Mark Mark Madden used to be just as bad. If you listen to what he used to say later on in the Nitros, man, Mark Madden on commentary, you almost cringe at. And it's not because of him. It's just because of the era that we were in. It's like, oh, you don't even say that. You know, and thank God that they didn't continue because uh, (laughs) we didn't have to have years of listening to it. But. It, you know, it's unfortunate because he, he wasn't, he didn't have a bad voice. He was entertaining to sound, you know, the sound of him, but the things that came out of his mouth. It's, yeah, it's, it's, um, WCW is a weird, I didn't watch WCW until I was older because I was really young when Nitro was still around. Um, cause I tapped into wrestling in about 2001. So I was at the tail end of the attitude era. So I kind of popped in when it wrestling started to get less cool, I guess you would say. But obviously I've gone back and watched Nitro's early two thousands Nitro is like my favorite thing ever because it's just so bad it's great. It's, it's so, so bad. The it's fact so that people good. you and I are on the same page and my friends will not watch they go, this is trash. I go, oh, this yeah. is great. It's like the this best is- trash ever. It's like if you look at a if it's like if you put gold on a trash can, I'm just like, yes. It took Judy Bagwell and put her on a fucking forklift. It's the best thing ever. That's like my favorite WCW match ever. <laughs> Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. What One of my favorite moments in all of wrestling, besides like the past year in AEW, is the Yeti. Oh, the Yeti. Oh, the Yeti. <laughs> we, we met the Yeti at Starcast. We, oh, we went to my Star- God. Please <laughs> tell me he was amazing. <laughs> In full gear. No, 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 no. He was not in full gear. Wow. He was there. We wanted him in full gear. He went to the bathroom, <laughs> toilet paper himself, his underwear, and walked through the star cast. That's easy. Moaning better. like a damn mummy. And he got up there and he stood with us and he goes, Do I look good? <laughs> and I said, oh my uh, God. Yeah, yeah, you look good. Oh, that's I'll amazing. Put- uh, that was, yeah, it's like one of the highlights of my life. I fucking Meeting love that guy. The Starcast. Yeah, the Starcast lose my is such a thing. The WCW, though, is like, I think one of my New Blood Rising 2000, 99, 2000, I believe, is 2001 even. I don't know. It's really bad. It's so bad, but it's so good. One of the best pay-per-views I've ever watched just because it's just garbage, and I love it. Um, you had Stacey Keebler. I believe she was pregnant at the time in storyline and she was fighting in a pool and then had pains and had to be taken to the hospital. Oh, this um, was son, right? Yeah. Something like that. I can't, I couldn't, I, it's been a minute since I've watched new blood rising, but if anyone has the WWE network, go and watch it. Cause it's a, it's a journey, <laughs> but they had some talent too. You know, oh, uh, yeah. they had Shane Helms and, and Shannon Moore, and, and they, I think it was Three Count, and they were oh, really I good. Remember they, three Count. Sing along yeah. with Three Count. One, two, three. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and Elix Skipper was so ahead of his time. Elix Skipper was beyond talented. Mm-hmm. They had such a great group of, of guys. I mean, but then you ended up having to watch like Jeff Jarrett and Goldberg, and they have to like electrocute him, and they have, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but it's fun, and nobody wants to watch it. I go, this stuff. Oh, this, this is the make- stuff that I go back and watch. That's purely one of the reasons why I have the network is to go and watch 
that stuff because you can just throw it on when you're bored and it's good to cheer you up because you can have a nice laugh. I would have like definitely been a nitro fan. Well, you want to be a nitro girl. I do. I dance like a nitro girl. <laughs> I <would tell laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like if I was in like my teenage years in the nineties, I would have definitely been. Well, a because nitro they show girl, the pictures, it's just pictures fan. panning around, and everybody looks like they're having a good time. Everybody's drinking alcohol. Yeah. They go to the really unique venues. It's like a big Sign party. Me up. <laughs> Exactly. But that's kind of how I feel about AEW, and that's what I think because I, I like WCW, and I, I found that AEW it's it's not it's not the modern WCW because you know again it's things have changed. But you know you look in the audience and everybody just kind of is they're a little older and they look like they're all just having a good time. Everybody's drinking, even if you don't partake. You know everybody's drinking. They're having fun. They go to these really unique venues, and and quite frankly, AEW puts on some really great wrestling matches. They, they do, do like. Iron, the Iron Man match between Omega yeah. and Pac. I mean, that was that was excellent. But sometimes it's not even about the wrestling. It's just kind of watching the shenanigans and see who shows up when, you know, one after another, after another, after another starts running down. And they start fighting each other. And it, it, that's that's what made AEW that first dynamite. That's what clicked, you know, because then Moxley shows up and he goes and fights him and puts him through a glass table somewhere. And then Jake Hager comes out of nowhere and is slamming everybody on weird box like tables. And that's the kind of stuff that, like, I just enjoy when I watch it. And it's like it's like a riot. It's just it who it's just fun. It's it's classic wrestling. Yeah. You know, back in the day, it's just letting wrestling be wrestling. Sometimes you just got to let wrestling be wrestling and just kind of go with it because it's taken. Even for me, who loves wrestling, I'll try any wrestling and, and see if I like it. Um, it's taken me a minute to come around to Dynamite, but now that they've kind of established and I'm kind of uh, we're in a time where I kind of need to be focused on other things, so it's kind of made me appreciate Dynamite and actually go, okay, this is a good show. The problem with – so my initial problem with Dynamite and AEW as a whole was I wasn't digging the whole – I'm not interested in know what your statistics are. I'm not interested about that kind of stuff. I'm just, that's a little bit too, I, I'm just not really into that. I've come around to it, but I'm not a big faction guy. I'm not a big stable guy. And there's a lot of factions and stables and trios in um, AEW, but even I'm coming around to that. Um, that's just, again, this is all me. When I, when I was, you know, people were coming at me because I wasn't watching AEW, it wasn't an AEW problem. It was always a me problem. It was always just like, that's just my personal take. I'm just not really feeling it. I, I never shit on the product ever. Um, but the fir- I remember the first uh, Dynamite and I had NXT on one screen and I had Dynamite on the other and I was kind of watching both. And that was exciting because I wasn't, I was alive during the Monday Night Wars, but I was like two or three years old. I wasn't watching <laughs> wrestling at that point so it it felt like I was like is this what obviously it's not what it's like because you didn't have the access to internet and be able to do all these things but like it's just it was crazy to see a wrestling show and a wrestling show head to head even if you don't want to call it competition it is competition it's just um it's 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 it was just crazy to do and I'm coming back around to that and I'm just starting to enjoy but um a question for both of you but Ashley I'll start with you in the where did you tap out with WWE? When was the, when did you stop? Were you constantly watching for a long time and then just stopped? What kind of happened? So I started watching in 2006 and you mentioned earlier how you started watching when it was like not really cool in wrestling. Well, yeah. I was in like super uncool. You were, yeah, yeah, you were in like 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was my introduction, and for the longest time, really, WWE was all that I I knew. Uh, but I, being from Chicago, um, got experience to Colt Cabana's Art of Wrestling podcast, yep. and listening to that kind of broaden my horizons um i remember listening to that episode with adam cole which introduced me to ring of honor so i kind of started to realize that there was more out there but i didn't really get like too far into the world of wrestling yeah. uh never really watched to uh tna really just stuck to wwe and then i went to wrestlemania 29 which was in new jersey and I actually met Rich while we were waiting in line to meet the Shield. <laughs> yeah, that's how we met. Oh, and... bless. What a story. <laughs> yeah, he was wearing a Michael Bennett shirt. And oh, the night yeah. before, I went to the Supercard of Honor. So I was like, fuck it. I'm never going to see this guy again. So I'm just going to start a conversation about the Supercard of Honor. Uh, six years later, here we are uh, talking to you about how we met. But <laughs> after we met at WrestleMania... Um, I started college and then we started our relationship and it just kind of took me out of wrestling a little bit, even yeah. though it was our common bond. I, I mean, even when we I moved in with you, we still had all the pay-per-views on. We still no, watched we, all the shows and we would uh, TiVo, I guess you can call it. We would DVR the, the Raw because I don't want to watch commercials. So we would kind of DVR the Raw. I mean, we would still watch all the shows in the background. We, we used the network all the time. Yeah, we, like, I, we never really left, but... It, there was I a disinterest. Was like, there was other things going on in your life, so you're like, we're still liking this and still enjoying it, but it's not like we're not feeling a passion for it. Exactly. And then I, I don't know, it's like I felt like I was too old for it, but like not too old because you're never too old for wrestling, but it's like I just a lot of the WWE is geared towards kids. Yes. And for me, I was like, I just, I don't know, this isn't something that, um, I'm into it. Didn't have edge, um, like an edge. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> not edge. Well, he, he well, edge wasn't there either. But... <laughs> <laughs> we're missing edge, but we're missing an edginess also. Um, Shout out so to Edge for being able to come back, by the way. <laughs> well, now I mean he's back now. Yeah, I don't know. Now you gotta, now gotta, you gotta watch Mania. Yeah, Ed, edge uh, is back. Edge is back, my man. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just I kind of fell out of it, and then. You know, we've talked, Rich has talked about it before, how he put on the AEW press conference, the Double or Nothing ticket release. And Kenny you, told me, Omega, you told me to shut this shit off. Yeah, I was like, I'm not watching this. This is garbage. I don't want to see this shit. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> uh, sorry, am I allowed to curse on here? After Absolutely. I Fuck yeah, you can. All that. Um, Kenny Omega comes out uh, as one of the EVPs. And I, I look at Rich, I go, this is a really big deal like this feels like a really big deal well how about the fact that I, I start watching it on my phone and you know all men kind of have to watch things on full volume it's just a thing we have to do it's so annoying it is yeah. it's a thing i can we confirm watch, it's a thing <laughs> we have to watch yes. all on full volume so i'm watching the ticket release and i i don't know who was talking at the time it was cody and she just goes, shut this shit off. And I'm like, I am now going to cast it to the television. So now it's on the big screen. <laughs> so now we're all going to watch it. So I did. And she started watching. She's like, I don't want to watch this. So I'm watching it. And again, I really didn't have much connection to it either. So I started watching it because we had fallen out of ROH even too. 
Yeah, I just probably... you fell out of WWE just so I can grasp a timeline of this. Um, was this like 2013, 14, 15? When when did you kind of still watching? I guess, but you weren't really feeling a lot of love towards it. W- w- roughly, when did you start to fall out of it? Post Daniel Bryan. Backing up okay. a little bit, 13 to 2014 is when I was in the dorm, and my roommate didn't want to watch wrestling. So that actually, thinking back, I is, was still in it then. I okay. started to come out of it because, like, when you don't watch something you can easily lose interest. And oh, it's like, yes. I love, but going from watching raw every single week to like not watching it at all. That's also, that's actually not, I think about it kind of what started it for me. I guess. No, now that I'm thinking about it, that was for you. And then you, you were there, we would watch all the shows. We were connected, but it's just like, she never, I could tell you just from experience of trying to talk to her about it and we're hanging out and whatever. And it's just kind of, she never felt the, connection she once had you can tell it by when you talk to somebody that they don't care it was not like, that they yes, don't care definitely. but you know and and like with me it was after they did the brand split and I, I was a big dean ambrose fan uh big john moxley fan so when they did the brand split i was excited to see what smackdown was going to become because again smackdown was my og that was kind of yeah. My original, that's what I watched. So I was, you know, AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose and John Cena. I like John Cena. So, you know, John Cena and they were they were giving other people platforms to have success. Rhino and Heath Slater were the tag team champions. Yeah. They were giving opportunities to others. And then once SmackDown kind of went under, was a 2017? Probably, yeah. Probably end of 2017, yeah. yeah. That was when we really kind of just, that was it. And then we would watch all the pay-per-views. We'd hang out with our friends. We'd watch WrestleMania. But we that was when the weekly Monday Night Raws and SmackDowns, that's when it stopped. It stopped they, going on the television. They'd be on, but sometimes they'd be on, but it's just like we're doing other things. It's just background yeah, noise. It just, it, like, so it wasn't, so it wasn't <laughs> sorry to cut you off, but it wasn't like a, a distinctive one moment that you're like, F this, I'm not watching this anymore. It was just like a gradual, like, I'm just slowly losing interest in this. Yeah, it, it it there was nothing that was happening that was grabbing the interest. Nothing invested me into, hey, I got to see what happens next week. Yeah, it wasn't like a bad breakup. It was just like we parted ways. Like we just distanced ourselves and it's like you go do your uh, thing, I'll do mine kind of deal. Yeah. And then that moment that Kenny Omega came out when AEW got Kenny Omega, you can call it. He wasn't going to go anywhere anyway. He was going to AEW, but <laughs> the that he arrived as much as the crap or the shit that I had put on television, all of a sudden she turned her attention because she goes, this feels like a big deal. This is a big deal. I said, yeah, this is a pretty big deal. I mean, this is, they got Chris Jericho and, and you know, whatever. And she goes, well, no, this is like, this is different. This feels like, man, they, they, they got a big star they here. <laughs> they got Kenny Omega. I go, Kenny Omega I go, yeah. you don't even know who the fuck she is. <laughs> Kenny Omega is. I go, you've never seen this guy before. <laughs> I had we watched Dominion. Uh, the oh year yeah, before. we did. We, we had I, watched I had seen Dominion. Him, knew the name, but like didn't know didn't anything know about fuck. him. I just knew like, this kid. And, uh, but yeah, like I I love Cody Rhodes. My Twitter handle has a dashing in it because of dashing Cody Rhodes. I love Jericho. He's a good character though. Uh, you know, you know, everyone knows the Young Bucks. So it, it felt like a big deal. But Kenny was the icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, this this feels like a really big deal. I said you've never even seen this fucking guy. <laughs> You don't know who this guy is, but yeah, that was that was it, and that's what got AEW back for you. And then it would also would open the door to New Japan. 
yeah, it really reopened like all of the doors to wrestling for me. It made you love um, wrestling again. Yeah, I can I can hear in just the way you're talking now. Um, you like you, you it genuinely seems like you care about it. Both of you, I can hear it in both of your voices, which is a nice thing to see because I'm always under the, under the uh, under the kind of impression that once a wrestling fan, always a wrestling fan, even if you take a break from it. It's always it's true. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think your w- years of watching WWE kind of wired you to get to where you are now because you know what kind of both products are like. You know what I mean? It's not like you're just watching this and you've never watched a WWE show and never experienced, you know, that's what made you fall in love with wrestling. I feel like, you know, a lot of people shit on WWE, which is their opinion and I can see why, but I think for majority of us, that's what started us on our journey with wrestling, whatever we're watching now. It's we've watched the, the rocks, the stone colds, the Rey Mysterios, the triple H's list goes on. Um, so it's nice just to hear you kind of just nothing really just like, fuck this company. I'm not doing this cause they did this. It's just kind of like, okay, I'm just kind of losing interest. And then that to kind of grab you and be like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to get back into this and fall in love with this again. We, we were ready for another option. That, yeah. That's what it was. We, yeah. we were just, it was, we liked wrestling. We loved wrestling. And WWE was giving us this product consistently that we just didn't like. And it, but it's, it's me. Like, it's a me. Like, sure. like you said with AEW, Josh, like, it, it's a me problem. It's sure. something that I, I just Some people wasn't loved. liking what I was seeing. And I felt stuck, though, because it's like, what, besides indies, um, you know, we, I, I should be better about, utilizing like the streaming platforms and going to shows around here but it's like besides indies you, you have wwe there's nothing no else. Like, we I used to be trapped. big we used to be big roh people yeah um, and before you know we they moved on i guess everybody moved on from roh i mean everybody's gone so we used to be big Not roh Marty. people and the last roh show we went to was in 2016 which was the day that the bucks of youth when matt hardy showed up to take oh, the wow. bucks of youth we didn't yeah. even realize at that moment that that was what was happening. You know, the magnitude of, of that moment, which was this now, basically. which is what this whole craziness. story is yeah. right now. We were in the venue at Hammerstein Ballroom, New York City, and all of a sudden the Young Bucks, I believe they won, and the lights cut out and Matt Hardy pops on and he calls out the Bucks of Youth and everybody starts popping and Ashley says, I don't even know why I'm cheering for this. I don't even... <laughs> but oh it God. was such a, a moment that all of a sudden, you know, four years later, three and a half years later, we look back at it and we're like, wow, that was the catalyst for this entire story right now. Yeah, here we are now. That's cr- and, that, What a full circle moment for you guys. <laughs> what's like, I thought, I'll, I'll, full transparency, I thought the broken stuff was so stupid at yeah, first. Yeah, you did. I. I was like, this is like, this is dumb. I don't want to watch this. I refuse to watch it when he put it on TV. And I don't know why I thought that way. Cause like, I'm a huge fan of like terrible horror movies. Like, like B-level. Thanks killing. It's my favorite movie of all time. Um, oh boy. <laughs> like, like that. Like I, I just, I like bad movies and I, but for some reason I, I was so serious growing up, and it, nothing's really changed. No, but I've loosened <laughs> up a little bit. Um, I feel like WWE. I've said this to you before. 
has a very serious product and well, you're supposed to take everything seriously outside of like what our truth does and everything that WWE presents to you. You're really supposed to take it like serious. This is supposed to matter. It's supposed to be very serious. Yeah. And, you know, Josh knows like 2001 WCW. I mean, that's like the red cage of rage hell in a cell match that we watched with <laughs> that. People hated that. And I sat there and was like, holy shit, this is hilarious. This is fucking great. Because it's they actually did the, the worst things they possibly could have done. They did all of them. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to watch. I mean, you preach into you the choir. <laughs> you witness this, and you're just like, "Wow, that's that's spectacular!" <laughs> you're like, "I can't believe." No, I embrace it now. Like the broken stuff, the yeah. the, the the gimmicks, the jokes, um, the WCW like shit. Like it's, uh, it's I good. love it. Uh, but that was something that in the mo- like I popped in that moment because everyone was cheering and it was unexpected. But I did not. Care like for the Matt Hardy stuff no. at first, and I'm very sorry to Matt Hardy. I was wrong. I was, oh, I, so wrong. <laughs> I was on the similar when I first seen the broke. I think a lot of us were when we seen well, not all of us, but when we seen the broken stuff at the first time, we were kind of like, "What the fuck is this? This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen." And then you watch it more, and you're like, "This is this is high key the greatest thing I've ever seen." It made me watch TNA for the first time in years, so it did its job, I guess. Yeah, to put that final deletion match on the one he had against brother Nero Mm -hmm. and she's like please shut this shit off right now please shut this shit off right now (laughs) and I said he is sitting on a lawnmower ruining Jeff Hardy's front lawn right now (laughs) this is great so good attack drums yeah that was so great we just rewatched it we did because you wanted to experience it again you know what's funny is as much as people you know whatever the ultimate deletion one was good too the bray wyatt one was was i thought it was really it wasn't as good as the final deletion but not many sequels are as good as their as their uh counterparts so um it was the i think it was the best way that WWE still put their spin on it because they have to because that's WWE but it was still matte enough to be cool I I really enjoyed it it was very different to the final deletion and um all of the other stuff that he did but it was still good people shit on that a lot I know but oh I, I enjoyed it I, I like that them both they were both very very enjoyable I mean just just the aesthetics I mean they're in a backyard ring and I like the fact that this is their ring and WWE didn't have to put the new ring or the safe ring. They still use that backyard ring that he had. Yeah. And I like enjoy the aesthetic purposes of it. And I thought the whole thing was both had of all them the gimmicks, really... you know what I mean? Had all the, everything that he had, you know, the dilapidated boat and he had Vanguard one yeah. and he had, um, senior Benjamin, like Maxwell was all there. There wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the, what the moral of lawns he had, <laughs> um, yeah. he oh, had guys. everything that, you wanted from it. I think people were just, I don't know. The internet can be a really weird place, especially when it comes to WWE. Um, I don't think sometimes when things are good there, people are just like, no, it's terrible. But I just don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. Sometimes I'm just like, if I enjoyed it, that's really all that's mattering to me at the end of the day anyway. So, um, but I, I have to ask is WrestleMania 29, the only WrestleMania you guys have been to? Yeah, that's the only one I've been to. I had to think about it for some for, reason. For both of us, yes, it was. Okay. It was it was a unique experience. We growing up as a wrestling fan, you got to go, right? You Bucket have list, to go. To yeah. 
you have to. It's like it's like the travel. You got to go to Mecca, right? Once, mm-hmm. once in a yeah, you have to go. You got to follow your life's pilgrimage. So as wrestling fans, we have to follow the pilgrimage and we have to go to WrestleMania. What but was it, it like, re- by the way? What was that feeling like to be just even just to be like, I'm at WrestleMania. That's a pretty big deal. <laughs> Try so, to tell myself that. It yeah. I this is coming from me back in 2013. This is not me now. Um. I said to myself, I don't think I would go back. It was cool. It was worth it. Like it would. It like was you said, the location. Everyone goes. You know, if you we went to New to Orleans go. when Daniel Bryan won, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But went to this show and it rained and it was really cold and I didn't bring a jacket and we were sitting outside in t-shirts and you know we got to see The Rock. No, it so, was like that was cool. It was cool, but the arena it's MetLife Stadium. The arena's huge. We had good seats. I did the travel package, but like okay. it's it was hard to see at the same time and it's like I felt like I was swallowed up. Okay, yeah. Like it's 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 a large event. It's like the Super Bowl. It's it's the biggest thing in wrestling. But it was worth it. I don't regret it for many reasons, but I'm I wasn't dying to go back again. Yeah, and, and you know what? We have all of our friends come over. We bet money on the matches. We all throw a dollar in the pot. <laughs> and you pick your name. You put it on the board. And you can win a dollar. And we got an HD television. I mean, you got all the food in the world. I mean, that's that's fun. That's what WrestleMania is yeah. kind of for me. And we went to the show. It was just my friend, a very, very good friend of mine. Just the two of us went. So, I mean, it missed out on having everybody else around. It kind of felt, you know... It was fun, but it's like, you know, we had a big WrestleMania party every year. Yeah. And this and it year took we're not away that. And I understand that because I have people over for WrestleMania. Ours is on, of course, live in the morning, but we do a big breakfast and we watch WrestleMania. Oof. And it's like, the, it's I know, yes, I'm going to be saying it's going to be so weird because I watch WrestleMania at 6 30 in the morning. I know. <laughs> um, but it's, we do a big <laughs> breakfast. Hey, what was that? So no judgments here. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, we do like a like a big thing. But so I've only ever been to Super Showdown, but that was seventy five thousand people were there, um, and just to Ew. be in the MC, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, and experience that. I've never felt anything like that before. Um, it's a feeling that is kind of like I can't even begin to describe it. Like I got to see Buddy Murphy win the Cruiserweight Championship in his hometown with 75,000 people in Melbourne losing their ass. Like it was just, it's hard to not feel that energy. Um, And I could imagine WrestleMania would be a similar feeling. Um, 30s, always the one that I'm like, I wish I was there to see the streak end. Like imagine that feeling. It would just be completely different. I felt terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I felt terrible at home. I mean, I was. I felt terrible. What was, what was, uh, obviously you guys both watched WrestleMania 30. What was the feeling like when that three count hit? Uh, that they fucked up. You don't, you, like, I, are I, you still I, in that I, mindset that the streak should have never ended? Uh, no. And that's the problem is that because the streak ended, I didn't care anymore. And then yeah. it, it, I lost the Undertaker. It, Undertaker was my favorite wrestler. I know you were crushed Huge. by that. And I, when I started watching the WWF, when I started watching WWE, he was the American badass. He rode his motorcycle out. He was, you know, that's what he was. And Undertaker, was, and I was a SmackDown guy, and that's where he kind of, flourished. you know, forever, right? He was yeah. kind of a SmackDown guy forever. So he was kind of like my guy. And Undertaker was my favorite wrestler, and he never lost at WrestleMania. And I always was under this impression. Again, it's almost it felt like a swerve for the sake of a swerve. 
it was we were always under the impression that it was going to be an up and comer who was going to get the springboard, right? He was going to get the the push of beating the Undertaker at WrestleMania. And then it was Brock Lesnar. And I was a huge Brock Lesnar fan. I was an enormous Brock Lesnar fan. I grew up, that was, Brock Lesnar was again my guy. 2002, SmackDown, 2003, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, those were my guys. Yeah. But I didn't feel like this was the guy. This was the right guy. And when that happened, it almost, it just, that was it. Like, it's it threw away what The Undertaker was. It just, that's me. It's not everybody. But that was me where it kind of, that was it. That's, that's. Now it's like I didn't care anymore, and that that made it sad. That's something I cared about. Do you think Undertaker should have maybe been done when he lost? Maybe that would have been better. I, I guess. Yeah, I agree. Because well, now at this point, what are you wrestling for at WrestleMania? I know. Like yeah, when I, Roman I, beat him and stuff like that at thirty-three, like it didn't, like it didn't matter as much. It's like I've seen the Undertaker lose at WrestleMania. I, it I, doesn't. What is it really like? Roman's beating the Undertaker. That's a big, like, say what everyone will have their opinions on Roman, but beating the Undertaker is a big deal. But if imagine if he was the one to do that, and then he was to be able to say, "I broke the streak," you know what I mean? As I, opposed to Brock, who I, I, who would have been dominant regardless. Right. I I always used to say growing up because it you know I said whoever beats the Undertaker, that's going to be the torch. That's going to be my favorite guy going forward. That's yeah. what I always said. And then it was Brock Lesnar, and I said, "Well, no, that's I've chosen not to do this." So, um, I, and I like Brock Lesnar. I do even now. I, I do like Brock Lesnar a lot. I'm a, I'm a big Brock Lesnar fan. So it, that which is fine. He's 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 such a great wrestler. People don't understand that from a wrestling aspect. He's such a great wrestler. Oh, yeah. But you know, it just he didn't need it, right? He didn't need the rub. It, it he didn't. It was a situation that I think. It didn't matter. It it ruined the nostalgia of Undertaker. It ruined the moment, the impact. And now every time I saw Undertaker after that, I go, "Why are you still here?" That's yeah. I, I that should have been it. Yeah, and then Roman. I like Roman, but it's like you know, he gets over the rub. But it's like it's almost felt like it. There's no there was no reason for him even to win that match. No. Didn't matter. There was no, no exactly. reason to him to have it. Just to be completely right. honest. Right. You're right. Didn't even have to happen. Undertaker shouldn't have even been wrestling in those matches. It doesn't no. matter. It doesn't. No matter what he does now, he's not relevant. And it's sad because he was my favorite wrestler of all time. And, you know, and it's we're, just we're leading into this year's WrestleMania. Um, you guys are probably both aware that he's going one on one with AJ Styles, and that's like, man, like that's just you just say that on paper, and you're like, dream match. You wanted this for a long time, but it's like yeah, in sure. 2020, I don't know if I necessarily want to see. I'm sure it will be fine. It's not like. It's not like AJ has bad matches. And also, yes, Taker's probably a shell of himself now, but put him in there with someone like that, and I don't think there's going to be a problem. But it's like, it's almost just like, okay, why is this really necessary to have? I, the story going into it, if I need to catch you guys up, is basically, um, for the first time ever, really, Styles is referring to him as Mark and... Um, you know, saying his real name, saying he's lost his mistakes, that he's going to retire him. Is this going to be The Undertaker's last match? We say that every year. I don't think, I don't believe it, um, but who really knows? But in 2020, it's not necessarily a match I'm, you know, on the edge of my seat being like, I need to see this match. It'll be fine and I'll enjoy it because it's still Taker and I still have a nostalgic feel towards The Undertaker and it's AJ Styles. Um, but I don't know. It just, like you guys said, the the meaning of the Undertaker is kind of a little bit lost 
in the last, well, we're coming up. How long ago was WrestleMania 30? 2014? 13? 14? 14? 14, yeah. Yeah, so we're, what, six years post that happening, and it's like it hasn't been the same for The Undertaker, and he's getting older, and I don't know. I don't want my memory of The Undertaker to be, you know, a guy that shouldn't, you know, looks like he shouldn't maybe be doing this anymore. <laughs> I think I think at the very least the undertaker's moving better since he got the hip thing oh, yeah, a couple of years ago moving a lot better yeah. so it's good to see him actually getting out there and moving he's, he's in good shape still uh i mean aj styles never loses a step the guy is aj styles so no, that match will that match will be good so that's but... like the only match really outside of goldberg and roman just because i fucking love goldberg and roman and i want to see these two guys just fucking like almost die but i want to see them want to see it happen i want to see it happen because it's just shit like that that makes the world go round. Like, <laughs> to Josh's point, like I love car don't, crashes. Don't stay long enough to see yourself become the villain, or like what the, right, what the hell that, is that the, phrase? The Batman like, thing. It's like you know you yep you stay around long enough to see yourself become the bad guy, right? And it's so, like when do you hang it up? Uh, it'd be hard least... to. It'd be so hard. I could I... imagine being in that sense of being like, but I can do one more. I can do another one. Oh, there's this much money. I think I can do another one. So it'd be hard to just, and it's something that Take has done since 19, the 1980s, you know what I mean? He's been going for a long time. It'd be hard. It'd be like, you know, losing a part of yourself. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. And I would never, I'm not saying to do that, but it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard balance. It's it's like Hogan. I mean, Hogan, I grew up and Hogan was like world champion. So, I mean, it's. Like in 2002, he was he beat Triple H. He was the undisputed champion. Like that doesn't I make just any sense. That. Yeah, right? it's it's um yeah. When it's do you wild. walk away? It's it it's, it would be hard. But um, one more thing on the Undertaker before we kind of I want to talk about one more little thing before we stop. But um, at any point, you know, Ashley, you said you started watching in 2006. So um, that was when the streak was starting to become like a thing. You know what I mean? They started to talk about like. Wait a minute, Taker's never been beat at WrestleMania. Um, was there a person you ever thought in the lineup up until Brock that you're like, this person's going to win? Because for me, it was Edge. I thought Edge was going to break the streak. And watching that match, that main event at WrestleMania 24, which is my favorite WrestleMania of all time, um, and him hitting that spear and being, I'm like, this is it. This is this is this is the streak over. Um, at any point, did you think someone was going to break? Maybe Sean, Batista, anyone? The Sean match was. Wait, I'm. Triple H was ref, or did... am I flipping him? Uh, no. Um, so yeah, Sean was the ref for the one in the Hell in a Cell with Triple H. Yeah. yeah. It's confusing because they had about seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was like a span of four years from like WrestleMania yeah. 25. To... It was 25, 26 with Sean, um, and then 27 and 28 with Triple H. But the one in 28 was the end of the era one. End of what era? I so don't know. that would be the way to. I feel like that would. That was have been a great. A way, there was like a super kick pedigree good. spot that I thought that was over. That was a real. That was a really good match. That was, but like they fought each other, like I think collectively what like five times, three H times, two times with Shawn Michaels, yeah. and then later two Shawn Michaels is still involved in it in some way, shape, or form. And yeah. so I mean, that was one that I think just would have been like a story book ending in, in, in a Michaels. sense we had cm punk at our wrestling we did. Yeah. I, I, you had punk. Uh, I 
and was a huge fan of him. So that was something that would have been really cool. But, it, you know, looking back, it's like, no, he wasn't going to win. No. But this is probably an unpopular opinion. But, like, I was never really into The Undertaker. Um, oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> he, I was, this, he was never my favorite either, but. <laughs> the streak obviously has it had its own legacy behind it. So anytime he had a match at Mania, it was it was a big deal. But like, like when he when he lost to Brock, um, I I couldn't believe that it happened. But I wasn't like emotionally crushed over it. I, I'm kind of indifferent to the two of them. So I was just like, okay, I guess that's it. Um, but I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I mean, listen, it's okay. <laughs> Undertaker was my favorite wrestler of all time. It's okay that you, that you didn't like him, but, but see, I, like, I feel like I came into things at a really listen, weird listen, time. It's, it's okay. <laughs> now we can all universally just agree that it's Okada. No, <laughs> um, I, I grew up with like, like Randy Orton and John Cena. Well, you watched Raw. Yeah, he was on SmackDown. So yeah, it so was, we weren't really. That, that's what we didn't really cross paths, I guess. I I didn't really watch too much of the Raw. I mean, I I became a huge fan of like Christian, only oh when he was God. in TNA. Oh, but see, only I like I like 2004. Well, you didn't watch Raw. Um, 2004, oh. like heel Christian with Tyson Tomko. Sign me up. <laughs> well, they both went to TNA. Together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, together and christian cage was like oh man i love that dude like christian cage is awesome like that was that was one of the guys in tna that drew me to watch it because it was like he was a totally different christian mm. and it was good i mean he put on great matches and, and tna i was big into tna i was a smackdown and a tna guy mm -hmm. and then i started watching raw more so when it went to three hours and when they started to do where smackdown basically didn't exist anymore and they started nice. blending the pay-per-views, you know what I mean? Show. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, that was the only then that then you had to watch Raw. There was no purpose for SmackDown's existence. No, so, it was just kind of Raw Light. It was like Raw 2.0. Um they just did what right. they did on Raw. Um six which tags. wasn't fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, so many six man tags. Um <laughs> it was just the worst. Um we've had a nice conversation about wrestling, but for the last ten minutes or so before we wrap up, let's just have a little bit of like a discussion about anything else um i was going to ask you guys some questions and let's just see where it goes so um ashley start with you F go to comfort tv show what's something that you just put on just to be like i'm happy Ah, uh, that's not wrestling <laughs> <laughs> besides wrestling <laughs> uh, i like the show supernatural i, I love the Ooh. show supernatural and uh, we started watching Pokemon on Netflix. It's the first time I've ever actually uh, checked out the TV show. And it is so funny. So that's kind of what I'm into right now. But uh, Supernatural, American Dad, and Bob's Burgers. Ooh, I love Bob's Burgers. That's a very, like, good background show just to have on, just for noise. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, what about you, Rich? Uh, I watch so much crap. I mean, I, I can't sit in an empty room. Like, it can't be quiet. So oh, something right. has to be on the television, right? Your loud videos. <laughs> so my loud videos, right? So <laughs> something has to be playing. Even when, you know, it's it's the middle of the night, it could be 2 o'clock in the morning and everybody's asleep. Something has to be on television. So I, right now, I mean, I just not right now, just basically my entire existence. All I watch is football and wrestling. And I watch 1997 football games. I mean... <laughs> 
It's the most deep, random thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like the highlight shows from right now, it's 97. It's Steelers Jaguars week four, Monday Night Football. It's ridiculous. Um, it's, that's like it, it is ridiculous. You're right. It is ridiculous. But no, but that's you. That's who you are. That's who I am. And I, I watch, you know, things like with her. I mean, like American Dad. We we always kind of watched. That was always a good show. Throw on the background. I enjoyed yeah. that. You know, Bob's Burgers. I, I was always a big into the animation on Channel Five on Fox because yeah. you know I don't know what channel it's for. You. I was gonna say Channel Five, but on Fox <laughs> because after football was over, and we would just kind it would just kind of start playing. So on Sundays, it would just start playing Simpsons and King of the Hill and like American Dad and and all that stuff. So I I was that was kind of what reminded me, I guess, of childhood. So I just literally put it on the background. But then there's just tons and tons of football. (laughs) So I'm a sitcom bitch. So I watch a lot of Friends. Parks and Rec is my all time favorite show. The Office. I'm watching stuff like that all the time. And then just reality garbage because I like trash TV. I, my like teenage years was Jersey Shore and I just would just watch the shit out of it. (laughs) So it's very comforting to me just to put it on because I've seen it so many times. Like I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen Parks and Rec over and over. And I just, it's just, it's very comforting. Um, That's um, how I feel about though. It's just kind of like, it's trash TV. Like WWE takes itself so seriously and AEW just kind of was like, ah, here's best friends in Orange Cassidy and like, just give it to me. Uh, but The Office is funny, too. I the love office The Office. Is good. I need, recently just got into The Office. Like, I'm talking in the last couple of months. I first, everyone told me to watch it, and I was kind of like that stubborn guy that was like, you're telling me to watch it, so I'm not going to watch it. Get absolutely that's, wrecked. That's me, 100%. That's her with everything. Yeah. yeah everyone, I said you, like, my brother would go on to The Office no. about me, and I'm just like, I don't care. I like Parks and Rec. Get away from me. I'm not watching it. And then... I was bored one night and there was nothing to watch. I was like, this will do. And then I was like, "Uh oh, I have to eat my words because this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've had a great chat today. Just a nice distraction off of the world. I hope this chat, whoever's listening right now, just just had like a bit of a zone out time for the last hour or so just to talk about wrestling and and whatever it may be. one last final question because I'm just curiously interested. Are you gonna guys gonna order? Well, not order. If you have the WWE Network, are you gonna watch WrestleMania or no? Is that a thing you still do? We we do. We um as Rich has said, we one thing we'll do is watch all the pay per views. Okay. Even if we're not tuning yeah, in hundred percent, it's just it's something that we do. Um, Our friends come over, we hang out, we put it on. This time, probably not with the social distancing. Right, it's but uh, we're still planning on on watching it. I mean, it it's it's nostalgia. It's what else are we gonna do? I mean, but not know, even that. It's just like it's something. It's it's a like a ritual. Yeah, I can't think got, of the words. you got Roman, you got Goldberg, you got AJ Styles and Undertaker. It's Otis. We getting Otis. I like Otis. Are Otis we? Uh, well, he's not officially announced for the card, but he's been building something with Ziggler and. Mandy yeah. and, and mm-hmm. so I, I like, I like too because he's very oh. like just almost silly to the point where it's just like just let him be Otis and we're not really thinking about it too much you know what I mean he's no. just Otis <laughs> I, I enjoy Otis I yeah. enjoy Otis I I enjoy Biggie yeah I mean, big big guys making me laugh I it's enjoy really, it. I don't it's really know. cool for you guys to like uh, to listen to you guys talk about this because there still seems to be elements that you still 
like about WWE. It's just more so the general overall structure that you're not really just like, I don't really care that much. But there's certainly things, because I've always said this, whether people watch WWE or not, it's not the talent that is bad. Because they're putting on great matches. It's not the wrestling. It's just the the talent is there. It's just the way they're kind of utilized, to be completely honest. Um, and creatively, WWE has been in a hole for the last 12 months, in my opinion. Um, but it's nice to hear both of you say there's elements of WWE that you still like, even if it's on in the background because you, you said you're going to both watch it. Um, but there's still times where even if you're just on your phone, then you look up and you'll be like, I like this person. I'll pay attention for five minutes kind of deal. Is that is that fair of me to say? No, I th- that's absolutely fair. What, what's the saying? You hate the player, not the game? Is yeah. that the saying? Not the player, player, not the game. Something but it's like, like with WWE, it's like you hate the game, not the player. Like, I don't, right, I don't hate right. the talents. It's just like the entity itself is more so what I have a problem with, I guess, the yeah. structure. Um, they, they feed you almost like the same stuff over and over and over yep. again. And, and they keep they, making the same mistakes over and over again. The same thing. It, yeah. But you know what? It made them money, so they didn't have to change. It, yeah. As long as they're making they're business, money. At the end of the day. That's what it is. And then that's, but I like, there's there's definitely some gems. The New Day, R-Truth, Otis. Oh, R-Truth's great, yeah. Um, How do you feel about the women's division over in WWE? Because that's something that people have... I know people are quick to attack the AW women's division. Why I think it's in a growing process and it's getting better. This it is very different from how WWE have a very established ladies roster. Very true. Um, a, yeah, AW. Um, the WWE women's division is the best right I now. I mean, it was it was it was the destination to go to. The, it was. the women's wrestlers didn't have any other options. There is no, no new Japan of women's wrestling. No, ROH it was, like was a, or no WWE. Offense. Right. And TNA fell off, they don't exist. So right. ROH the women were treated like tar- garbage. I mean, they it's They didn't even have a women's division. No, Ke- for Kelly a long Klein time. was the women's champion and yeah. who how is she supposed to get better? How is she supposed to get exposure if she has nobody to work with? Yeah. yeah. They brought in, like, um, Tennille Dashwood and stuff like that for a little while, didn't they? I, I don't really watch a- uh, RH at all, but they brought in – I was – I'm not going crazy. They brought in her but didn't really utilize it. Or was she hurt or something? I'm not sure. There's something – I mean, again, I – this is hearsay, gossip grouping, you know? But, I mean, I, I heard that maybe it's attitude when it comes to Tennille. Okay, yeah. I mean, stuff i i don't know the truth i can't but i you know people have kind of like when i'm when somebody gets floated around a lot like you know she shows up in impact she shows up in ring of honor and she can't really kind of click yeah i wonder if there's something else going on and again it's not to take shots but there's oh, there's got to be a reason, right there's got to be a reason behind certain things and like so but yeah like how but she's many talented ring of honor women's matches have we seen i've not many seen, i've never seen i couldn't tell you one i've seen to be completely I- honest Exactly, that, but that's Love. the thing. Like they don't—they yeah. have a women's division, but like eh, it's... they didn't. When I when we were watching, ROH, no, it's, they it's didn't new. have one. It's they didn't. It didn't new. exist. Uh, Kelly Klein, I think we watched her wrestle Angelina Love. I believe Velvet Sky, Mandy Leon. I those are like the only people that I've seen work. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Ring of Honor, again, it's CCW has more women. Uh, you know, and I know that people don't talk about CCW at all, but like they have. <laughs> You know, it, NXT has all the women essentially. And they yeah, have the they, they have a great. Do you watch NXT at all? Any? Uh, do you guys at all watch NXT? Takeover shows. Okay. I actually doesn't really pay attention to the NXT stuff. Okay. Fair. Not not really. But like fair. the takeover. But the women's, that. I 
I, I have a weakness for women's wrestling because that's something yeah. that I always dreamed to do. So, like, I'd watch TNA for their women's division. Yeah, they were so great. Um, they were great. We do watch NXT. The one thing I will pay attention to is is the women because all the props to them. I mean, I mean in Ashley, in your, in, your office, in your office, in our house, you have a big velvet sky banner from TNA. That's yours. <laughs> 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 TNA had it like, great. Oh, the beautiful people when they put bags on people's head and stuff. And yeah, that was, that was my cool. favorite I watched thing. that, yeah. Um, so I got, I got a banner of velvet sky. <laughs> Hell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You liked Angelina Love. I, it was the only thing that could. I was the only beautiful people piece of merchandise that wasn't like a T-shirt that I could buy. So I bought this giant Velvet Sky banner. That is, and the, I was like, "That's the best going on." My wall. It was a, it was behind my door, so nobody could see it. <laughs> they came in. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, it is, it is, it is very different though with between AEW and WWE, NXT, whatever you want to say, um, because WWE have all. Not, I don't want to say all the top talented women in, in the world, but they have a lot of them. Um, but just on the outskirts of things, it's it's cool to talk to you guys and just be like, it's it must be pretty, for Ashley, for you especially, it must be pretty cool to see someone like Becky basically be arguably the, the face of a company, of a, a huge company. Yeah, uh, we've, as women, have come a very long way in, in, in the world of wrestling. I mean, they finally meant to, uh, made event at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, that, it seems, well, now it's like, how could that have never happened before? But, like, be- before that happened, you never thought it would. So, I mean, yeah, it's... Usually they were thrown together with 12 women in a six-on-six yeah. match And that's the thing that, minutes. like, I... There was no women's match at WrestleMania 29 when you went. So, no, you know, I, I six believe years later they, there was they cut that match, they didn't did. they? Yeah, they they, they, they did. I, the I believe the only yeah. woman on the card was I believe AJ Lee was with Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, yeah. They they were, yeah. Like, there was like a four on four mixed tag or something with the Bellas and the Funkadactyls were involved, and they got cut. Um, so yeah, you know, six years later they're main eventing WrestleMania on a show with I believe there was four, three women's matches, four maybe last year at WrestleMania, which is, you you know, when I first started watching wrestling, that was, you'd be barely lucky to get one WrestleMania women's match, let alone a main event or three or four. Yeah, and it's not even that we're getting these multiple women's matches. It's that you're getting these full-length matches. Of high quality. And I, you know, I always, growing up, I, I always loved the divas, I know a lot of people would go uh, and, and take oh, their bath. I was a, I was a divas. I was that was what kind of kept me with wrestling all these years. Yeah, and I think you know, as it's something I could relate to. I, I I like the male wrestlers, and and you can find your own heroes. Like John Moxley is a hero, and it, it to me, um, you know, for what he's done, following in his own footsteps, and and following his dreams, and you know, marching to the beat of his own drum, but. I can only relate to men so far in certain senses with wrestling because um, women are at, I don't want to say a disadvantage, but they're in their own division. Like it's, it's, it's different between men and women. Um, or at least it, it was beforehand. So I always liked seeing what they could do, even if it was for two minutes, because they were out there kicking ass and trying their hardest. And just to see how far the division as a whole has come, 
Uh, Becky's kicking ass. I think she's doing awesome at the top of the division, the top of the company, arguably. AEW is giving us intergender matches now, and you've got that on the indie scene. It's women have come a long way, and yeah. it's it's really cool and inspiring to see. And no matter what wrestling I watch, um, I will always support the women women's wrestling. Big agree. I, I'm I'm very much. <laughs> I'm just very much. Um, I'm just a supporter of of women in wrestling and just wrestling as a whole. I just want to see the wrestling industry grow, whether that be whatever company you know. Every company kind of elevates it, so I just think the more we've got to talk about, the better. So whatever we're watching, we can. I just think we should all come to a common place and be like, we're supporting wrestling here. Um, yeah, we have preferences, but we just want to see wrestling get as big as it can be. You know, we all want it to reach bigger heights than it has. Um, I want to be able to, I, I feel like it's changed, especially with AEW. It's a little cooler to be like, I watch, you know, when there's always been times, I'm sure you guys have had times as well, where it's been like, you've kind of been like a closeted wrestling fan. You'd be like, okay, I'm not going to talk about this, but if someone brings it up, I'll certainly be like, oh, I, I kind of watch that too. But now it's, I, I feel like we're in a different spot where I can kind of just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to walk around in a wrestling shirt and not feel kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> See, I I never cared. Um, I would wear wrestling shirts all the time in high school. I would, every paper I wrote, I would find a way to uh, write about wrestling. I wrote one of my college finals on the sex appeal of Randy Orton, I think. Jesus, <laughs> holy crap. Uh, that's what it was. I think that's what it was. Yeah. And um, But I've actually yeah. found with AEW, I have a lot of my coworkers, um, Oh yeah, you go to work. She hands out Dojo and Dynamite business yeah, cards, and she like, goes, "Hey guys, here you go." You guys, you guys watch this Dynamite and they're like, "No, what happened?" They're like, "Oh, I saw these highlights." And people are just kind of coming out of the woodworks, which is cool. Um, being a women's, not women's, being a woman wrestling fan was always kind of cool, but like when we were growing up, you kind of had to hide your wrestling affiliation. Mm -hmm. I, because I never really gave a shit. And I would go to school and I'd be like, hey, guys, we're going after school and wrestling today. So I'm going to get, you know, we would collect 16, 20 guys. We'd go to my house and then we would beat the crap out of each other because that was what I was. I didn't I didn't care. I wanted to do things that were fun. But a lot of my friends who also partake and part, partook, I guess you could say the right word is, and all the fans and friends that I would talk to, they kind of wouldn't talk about it with anybody else. And I remember this very unique moment I was in. I'm not going to name drop anybody. I was in high school. And who somebody who became my really, really good friend, he was sitting in front of me his freshman year. I, I had gone to a completely different high school. I didn't know anybody. So I had not met this individual. He was from a different town. I had one of those regional high schools where all different towns come and they go to one school so everybody can live all over the place. And he was writing down names of wrestlers on the back of his notebook. And I caught it out of the corner of my eye. And I said, hey, it, what is that? He said, no, 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 it's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. Because that you don't talk about wrestling, right? It was, you just, you don't talk about it. And he kind of flipped his book over. And he was like, no, no, it's like, I said, no, no, no. I, I, I saw AJ Styles on there. I said, well, what is that? What is that? And he was like, no, no, I, it's nothing. It's nothing. It's just something from my brother. And I, you know, so I had to kind of be macho about it and say, hey, listen, you know, my brother and I, we do this kind of shit all the time. We play SmackDown and Raw. We're drafting guys. We're wrestling. We're, what is that? Like, tell me what's going on. Cause I want wrestling friends, man. Like, you know, I'm I didn't, desperate I, for him, yeah. I <laughs> so I was never hiding it. So I was like, hey, you know, what is it? So he said, no, I, I, we wrote down these these guys and we were going to do like a, a WWE video game draft. 
with these guys. And I'm like, cool. I do that all the time. Once a year. I always did it. <laughs> Every time I got a new game, I said yep. it was great. So it's just I, I was never really shy, but it was kind of sad in a sense to see so many people, even my friends who just they just didn't want to share that. They were always so afraid to wear their wrestling shirts. And I'm glad that the wrestling shirts nowadays, though, have gotten cooler to wear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they have. Even in even just design wise, like, you know, the throwbacks, like you wear an NWO shirt. That's cool. But, yep. you know, I have like a Jay White shirt that I wear around and I'm like, I fucking love this. Thing. He's like got this, really nice designs. Like this though, thing's great. I, I walk like around how the- my town in an Alexa Bliss shirt and I'm not afraid of it at all. <laughs> but, but it's but a wearable. Awesome. Like, it's a wearable shirt. Yeah. I have a I have I think multiple Alexa Bliss shirts. You have yeah. a couple, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I want to support them every way that I can. We have so much wrestling merch, I don't even want to talk about it. But oh, I have a lot too. Oh, the, the t-shirt collection is just absurd. I, I don't, don't have a Velvet just... Sky banner. I mean, I wish. But... <laughs> yeah, well, I do. <laughs> some some can't be as cool as you, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I actually, I actually wrote a letter one time to TNA. Commend, I wrote a letter to the offices of TNA in Tennessee commending them on highlighting their women so great. I greatly I, uh, highlighting their women so well. It was after Taryn Terrell took on Gail Kim at Slammiversary. Oh, that is and an she, amazing match. Yeah, she like RKO'd her off the stage. Yeah. So I, I was working on a, like a humanitarian humanities. It, it was women's studies course in college and i wrote them a letter commending them on highlighting their women and putting them in prominence when other individual companies were not doing that and i wrote them this really nice heartfelt commemorative letter and they didn't do anything they didn't respond to me they didn't care (laughs) i I, I still did it i wrote a letter to trish stratus commending work and her um last match with lita and I actually got an autograph back. You in the did. Middle, <laughs> which Shout was... out to Trish Stratus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That but, was you know, very special. Screw, screw TNA. <laughs> Trish, though, though, sign nice us up for Trish. Where, where, where? Trish. I, I feel like you would have been very stratified. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, that, that was that was very on that note. Guys, this has been a really, really fun chat. Um, thank you for sitting with me for nearly two hours just in the time that we've just started chatting. But um, I, I hope this was a little bit of a distraction, not only for people listening, but for you guys as well, because we're probably all a bit exhausted at the moment. So it's probably just nice to talk about something else for a bit. No, yes, this was thank enjoyable. you so much no for. Problem. You're invited uh, anytime. Open invitation. Uh, we're looking well, we... forward to doing the yeah. NXT TakeOver show and. Hopefully you can come on the drinking beer, talking wrestling, regardless of what we end up doing. Usually just sit there and just talk shit. So <laughs> that, that's I'm 100% called. very, very good at that. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we can get all that scheduled out very soon. And hopefully a takeover show does happen soon. So we can I do know. that. Yes. Um, I, you guys are on the top of my list. You're going to be the first people I ask to do a takeover review show of some kind um, where we can just kind of, I can really you know, dive into that world with you. Um, and just, I love, it's so fascinating to me when someone who doesn't watch every week watches something and I'm like, 
you know, people react differently when you're not watching all the time. So you can just kind of take it for what it is instead of being like, well, this happened last week and this happened last week. So I'm excited to kind of do that. But um, again, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. And um, this is your chance. What have you got to plug? I You have a new episode out that came out yesterday, I want to say. Um, and where can people find you? All of that good stuff. Absolutely. We we had our most recent episode drop yesterday, episode 22. We'll have another one out probably later this week, if not um, next Sunday, uh, just giving a weekly recap of Dynamite. But we are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram. We have an email, dynamite at gmail.com if anyone wants to email us anything. Uh, but, you know, we like to, we just like to talk, talk wrestling. So any questions or concerns or just any topics that you want us to talk about or engage on, you know, hit us up on any of those platforms and we'd love to, we'd love to discuss it. Sounds good. Um, and make sure you, uh, tweet pictures of your Velvet Sky banners to at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter so they can see all of your Velvet Sky merch. <laughs> we are going to be getting Velvet Sky banner, the Yeti picture. I'm going <laughs> we'll to pull I have multiple Velvet Sky items of merchandise. Why? Amazing. <laughs> That's Amazing. how you show support. Would you say you're a beautiful person in it? Oh, two for two. Why? Because he loves Angelina Love, not Velvet Sky. <laughs> That's the only reason I'm I was just bashful. It's <laughs> amazing. That's just best stories of I may have ever have had on a podcast, to be completely honest. So, <laughs> bless. Thank you very much. Um, well, that'll do us for this week. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Robinson Double Zero. Follow all the network links. It's all on my Twitter page, and you'll find everything you need to find. Of course, this weekend, um, Sunday at 10.30 a.m. my time, so it'll be 8 p.m. Eastern time for you guys in the States. It's midnight in the UK. I'll be doing an Evolution 2 Josh Plays where I go through and what if there was an Evolution 2 and, and just kind of, again, try to distract you guys from from life for a couple of hours so you can come in the chat on my YouTube channel. All the details are on my Twitter. And until next week, w- week, I will see you right here on The Josh Robinson Show. Peace out. Woo!